tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Rain After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Slowly but surely, the music builds, it swells. Yes! It's the missing component of one of the greater shows on television. <laughs> uh, it, it's one of the best. It's one of my favorite, at least. So that's that's all that really matters. And and to, yours, too, apparently. Yeah. Meaning you, the fan. Uh, yes, and the fans that are out there. That is the voice of Keaton Markey. Hi, guys! I'm back! Uh... I know, the season's been rough for me. Or the first half of the season's been rough for me. But I promise I will get better. I will be better next half of the season. But Less I'm weddings. Less weddings. My friends need to stop getting married. It just needs to stop. Um, <laughs> and we always apparently keep doing a switcheroo. You and Alina keep switching on and off. We're I've trying never to met get... this girl. I don't even know who she is. She's a wonderful lady. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. I, I, I look forward to meeting her. Well, you're wonderful as well, and Thank I tell you. her that as well. And one day the two shall meet, we will. and we will have. Then we'll kick you off the panel. <laughs> then we'll go. have full like like mutiny within the chat room. I feel like. Um, anyway, in a couple of moments, we've got a wonderful guest. You guys may know him as Don Carlos, Don Carlos. from CW's The Rain. So that's something to look AKA forward to. Mr. Gray from French Court. <laughs> That's right. Move over, Narcisse. We got a kinkier guy in town. <laughs> uh, I feel like uh, I feel like Narcisse might have to come in on this one. So uh, we'll kind of talk about that storyline. But first, um, we you know when he calls in, we'll probably jump around a little bit. But let's start with Greer and Lath. Um, it's it's a quick one. It gets it out of the way. And first and foremost, she's. Got a baby bump. Baby bump. And like, this is the thing. They like barely even showed it to us. Like, it, like I would have missed it if I would have blinked or like just kind of turned the other way and eat a potato chip or something. I would have missed the fact that she is preggers. And technically, the only person who can really be the dad is the pirate guy. Yes, I guess. Yeah. Is that is that what I'm supposed to believe? I don't know. You guys in the chat room, let us know what you guys think. But I, that's just what I'm. I want Lace to be the daddy. But I know he's not because I don't think they've. I think she needs to reconcile with him fast so he she can convince him that it's his. But uh, no, she's the moment they like if they try to do it now and she tried to like fake it. She is like full like showing like she's screwed. Mm. I don't know who it who it belongs to to though. Now, well, I mean, the only guy that makes sense is because they, they they both talked about their people that they're sleeping with. So she mentioned the pirate. So, you know, it's not only obviously is it great for the argument, but it's a nice callback for the audience of who the dad might be. Ugh. I just feel so bad for Greer. Like, she's just like, I know, I know, like, I liked to see that moment this uh, in this tonight's episode when Lace was like, are you happy? Like, you know, you know, the whole are you happy thing? Like, let's talk as friends, whatever. And she's like, yeah, I like running my, like, running my shop. I'm honestly just happy I'm alive, which is kind of sad. But at least, you know. 
she's still well especially now i mean she thought she got attacked so she is happy to be alive yes which i'm glad they didn't kill her because she's like and I, i want to see more of greer i feel like we've not seen very much of her at all this season and she's always kind of been one of my favorite characters so it kind of makes me sad because she's awesome she is awesome there's just you know there's just always a lot going on um but yeah i mean it's interesting that they chose this episode of all episodes to kind of start getting them back together mm-hmm. although i do like Lathe and princess claude i do too i know i know that was huge like last week's episode and i just but notice what they're doing they're never putting them together in an episode, yeah, meaning you know, not not meaning print. Although technically, I guess you could say they never put Greer and the princess both together. But it's more about Lath and who he interacts with. Yeah, it's always on per episode basis. Either he's just talking with Greer or he's talking with the princess. Never in one episode has he spoken with both. I did think it was very interesting. We didn't see Claude at all. Like even in the the I mean the horse and the hair like game or the horse and the hair the um, the hound, the and, hound the hair. and the hair game. That's the title right of the episode. Up, that's right up Claude's alley. Like Claude loves that stuff, especially if she gets to be the one chasing. And so the fact that we didn't even see her then, the actors much have like a contract and she's working on something else right now. All right. Well, I'm being told that we have a very special call on the line. And Keaton, would you like to do? The the honor of introductions. I, I would like to do that. I mean, you guys know him as uh, Don Carlos from the most r- recent couple episodes of Rain. But uh, Mark, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can hear me? I can hear you, Mark. So, Mark, I don't want to like butcher your last name. So, please tell me how to say your last name so I can give you a proper introduction. It's Ganime. Ganime. What is? Are you? What is the your heritage? Uh, my father is Lebanese, and my mom is Canadian. Awesome. So, um, Mark mix. Ganime. That's an awesome name. Well, welcome Thank to you. the show, Mark. Thank you Thanks for very coming much. in. Good to be back. I, I uh, spent some time on your show during uh, my during the run on Helix when we had that show going for a couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. So, That's so right. I got to meet some of the great group down there. It's been fun. So I'm glad to be back. Yeah. And so have you been in studio before? Yes, I have. Both, uh, oh, for both awesome. my sessions. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, But now you're living back in Canada, I assume. Yeah, correct. I'm in. I'm on the East Coast right now. It's one o'clock, one twenty in the morning. Oh I'm in Montreal. Thank you so. for. You don't have an early call time tomorrow, right? No, I'm good. I'm okay, good. good. <laughs> I would feel really, really bad. So, I think the first question I really need to ask you is: When you auditioned for this part, did they kind of like give you a heads up? Hey, you're basically auditioning for Christian Grey in, um, you know, France uh, or in, you know, the French court, Christian Grey. <laughs> well, uh, there was um, there was one scene that was sort of standard fare, inter like basically talking to, um, I think it was actually Mary that they had written in, but it was sort of my scenes that I did with Queen Elizabeth um, in episode four, where I'm basically asking her to show me if she's a dude. Um, so they had that <laughs> scene, in, and then they had another scene where I was kind of hinting at my my choices in the bedroom um but i wasn't actually sure if that was going to play out because when i got the part they gave me the first episode alone and then they said we have you written in for another for some other episode and uh and but they didn't actually give me any details so it was sort of like a i wasn't sure if the audition piece was going to actually end up playing out in the in the part or in the end but uh as you can see in hound and hare it's uh it's, it gets pretty it's pretty Harry, <laughs> what, was, what was your initial? What was your initial reaction to uh, you know when you first read the script 
about that and how it sort of plays out. Oh, you mean for the for this this sex episode? Horse. <laughs> um, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was funny. Um, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, it was sort of something I think a little bit different for the show, and um, I was excited to to do something kind of different like that, coming from a character where my last character replays kind of a, a mercenary and, and a killer and all that. But this one was going to be just a totally big departure from that. Um, I was also concerned that it, I didn't want it to kind of play off as, as silly or campy or anything like that. I wanted him to be real, just a guy that, you know, happens to like pain during sex. So that was, that was one of my concerns, but I was really, really impressed with the way they wrote it. And, uh, and the showrunner is, is, is right on top of things and, and fantastic. So did you guys have, so speaking of uh, the campiness, did you guys have any sort of discussions, whether, um, uh, you know, Mary and Catherine or, or, uh, the director of this episode. Like, what was, what was the discussion based around that? Especially, I mean, if you look at it, this is the mid-season, um, finale. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty much the last scene we're left with. So it's, it's a huge cliffhanger. So I imagine mm-hmm. a lot of thought went into it. Well, when I, when I spoke with, with our showrunner, um, I was, I had mentioned how I sort of wanted to see it play out and she actually echoed exactly the same thing. And I, and I wanted to just take it as it, as it was on the page was more, you know, he's a guy that just has a different taste and I didn't want it to become too silly. And, Ann Wheeler, who directed, uh, who directed that episode, um, she's fantastic. And I've been looking forward to working with her for years ever since I kind of started training as an actor. Um, and, we talked about it as well and it was we were all sort of in line with the same uh, same idea we didn't want it to seem silly um there are some moments it, as you saw in the, in the room with um with with Mary and Catherine where they're sort of sharing looks and they're both kind of like awkward and and Mary's super awkward and so that was that was funny but i didn't want it to to be stupid or silly mm-hmm. and so i'm really i'm really happy with the way it turned out i think what was i mean you're in a room shooting a scene with i feel like like two amazing actresses and mm-hmm. you're shooting kind of this type of scene what was that day like on set for you uh with those two in the room and kind of like you guys working through a scene that that could be really awkward i mean obviously you three are super professionals and stuff and you're all three great actors but what is what is a day like that like well, I mean, you sort of, that's, that's just it, right? They, we are all professionals, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting and, <laughs> and, and, and big material. Um, it was a closed set, so it wasn't the full crew uh, as you would have on any regular other shots that they're doing on, on the show. Um, so it was more of an intimate situation. And uh, everyone just took it very seriously. Um, Catherine, especially, because she was because um, Megan Follows was was actually whipping me, and she was really concerned about not whipping me too hard. And so we had some discussions on safety and what what I could take or what I figured was was enough for what we were shooting. And no, it was it was honestly it was a lot of fun. Um, the whole crew was kind of looking forward to seeing how this was going to play out. So everyone was kind of like, ah, I wonder how this is going to go. Um, with our, like I called it, I think on Twitter, the medieval Bowflex. Um, <laughs> that, that is what it looked like. Oh my God. That is exactly what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was fun. I mean, it was, um, <laughs> it's definitely, you know, definitely not something I, I expected to, to be doing. If you would have asked me six months ago, would, would I be strapped to a chair and being flogged by, by Megan Follows, uh, wasn't, <laughs> you know, people. that wouldn't have been on my bucket list at that point. Um, 
but no, it was great. I mean, we had uh, we had some interaction. Even when I went in to do some of the inserts and some pickup shots and stuff, we had the we had one of our EPs um, um, playing along, and, and he was like showing one of the people how to whip and how hard. And it was just, and I was like, oh, am I getting payback? Like, are you whipping me hard for 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 any of the any of the stuff that I've done on set? And it was a pretty fun laugh. And everyone's pretty uh, pretty great on that show. The cast, uh, the crew, production was 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 quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was I was very fortunate to be put into that circumstance even though it could have been super awkward yeah. i imagine let me ask this uh do you kind of do you do you interact with fans a lot i mean you know the, the show airs friday we do this on sunday so in that time have you kind of been able to catch up on some of the comments the reactions to this because as absolutely. i mentioned absolutely i think i think in this day and age you know um when you're on television or in film on television especially because it airs every week and there's it's only a set time you know and you can kind of do the live tweeting i think it it's sort of part of our our duty now in social media to interact with the fans and and keep keep the interest going generate buzz and i was really stoked to be part of the show and i i actually auditioned back for the pilot way back in the day uh for the for the king for megan follows his husband actually um but that went a different way and so i was really excited to be back on to to have an opportunity on the show and you know i I like keeping up with the fans and 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 interacting and, and 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 egging them on, sending teasers and that kind of stuff. Because I mean, I got a good crack at it with my other show with Helix. We had some some pretty interesting live tweeting every episode, and I really got into it and I had a lot of fun. And I think it's the best way to to bring people in and let them see that they were just guys and girls just having a blast and, and making some TV. You know? Yeah. So Christine Baker, she's in the chat right now. She wants to know uh, how did you like your wardrobe for the show? Oh man, I gotta tell you. <laughs> Uh, Meredith, who is our our key, um, like the the main costume designer on the show, she is incredible, and everything they do is super super custom um, for for a lot of the big roles. And and I came in, and they had some stuff already ready for me. They had some major measurements major measurements taken um, before I got to the show, and and they had this hand built uh, hand built costume for me. Every time I'd show up on set for something different, they would have little changes. They would have this idea, this idea, and it was all really, really high quality, exquisite stuff. I was really stoked to wear it. I kind of was like, I want to steal this and wear it in a Starbucks. <laughs> no, I, I follow the the costume designer on Instagram, and everybody really should who watches this. And it's it's phenomenal what they do with the costumes on that show. It's it's so beautiful. The details, mm-hmm. the details that they put into these these outfits are second to none. I've never seen this uh, kind of detail for for television. And, you know, hearing you talk right now, you sound obviously very different than your character did uh, on the show. You don't have an accent. What <laughs> yeah, is, no. you know, and I've never asked anybody who we've had on the show about this. When you when you go into this role, like, what do you guys talk about accent-wise? Because obviously you're supposed to be the, the Spanish prince, but you don't speaking have... English, yeah, speaking English, of course. Speaking English, of course. In France. In France, and not having a Spanish accent. Is that a discussion you have? Like, what... What was that like, and kind of what is kind of the rule in the rain world when it comes to accents? In, in the rain world, it's pretty much everyone does the the British RP receive pronunciation accent, mm-hmm. um, you know, to each one's best ability. If they are, if they are from the UK, that's it's it's quite uh, it's quite nice. But um, <laughs> I I spoke with our showrunner about that, and I I asked her if she wanted um, if she wanted to do any kind of Spanish. Uh, touch to the British accent because I know they wanted me to speak in a British accent. 
Um, and she said, she said you could, as long as it doesn't get in the way. And I, I just, I worked with it for a while. I have a, I have a dialect coach. Mm-hmm. I just found that it, it, um, took away from my ability to stay connected with the material to, to do an accent upon an accent. Yeah. So I stuck with the, the, the standard British RP, which, which most people on rain kind of go for. Yeah. And then there's all, always, uh, there's Marilla Wax who's on Twitter. She's, uh, she's, um, she's the sort of onset, um, dialect guide. Uh-huh. And, uh, so she's, she's always fun to run lines with in, in the mornings on set and just kind of get into that voice, into that accent and stay, and stay clear with your consonants and your vowels. And, but no, it's, 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 a, it was a fun, it was a fun challenge. It was my first time working with a, with a British accent, um, in outside of, outside of school. <laughs> yeah. What was, um, let me ask this, well, you know, uh, you've had a chance to play in a scene with, uh, pretty much most of the main, um, women on the show, uh, who, if you could, uh, would you like to play a scene on Rain with that you, that you haven't played that one haven't yet? Played one. Um, I, you know, I mean, all of the all of the leads. I mean, actually, it's funny. Um, uh, Alexander Ordolis, who is uh, who plays uh, Delphine mm-hmm. on Rain. Yeah, she's actually she. I I actually killed her in my other show. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we had a fun laugh when I, when I felt, when I saw her on set one day. So that would be fun actually to, to, to do some scenes with her and kind of, and have like a, like a revival of our, of our relationship on a different show, which was kind of, would have, would have been neat, but it was nice. I mean, obviously working with, uh, with Adelaide and, and Megan and, and Rachel, um, it was, it was great. And Torrance, uh, I've, I've known from Vancouver, from the, uh, from the acting world out in Vancouver. So it would have been nice to have some scenes with him, but, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, we cause like technically you're not dead. <laughs> technically I'm not dead. Technically, technically I staggered off in a bloody mess. Yeah, that was pretty pretty horrifying too, and like to the point where I'm like, I don't know how Queen Catherine and Mary are going to get out of this. Like, really? I mean, you know what? <laughs> and, and you know what? They they should pay. They should pay. Oh, can you can you? <laughs> you know, give it was us? it was funny though. Speaking of that bloody mess, when I when I had to go and get changed and cleaned up after that scene, it was it was the end. It was the last shot of the day, and I ended up back at the trailer, and I was like, ah, I kind of need to take a shower because it was literally liters of blood that were just kind of poured over me and stuff for this for this shot and I I usually leave I I pride myself on leaving my trailer in a good shot in a good condition I bring my I bring my costume back to the costume trailer every time I'm I'm pretty good with that sort of stuff there was nothing I could do to keep that bathroom without looking like something out of Dexter (laughs) (laughs) like it was fake blood everywhere I hope you took a picture (laughs) quite the experience I actually took um, I actually took the shower with the with the leather pants that I was wearing um, just to kind of get it all off that first it was it was a total disaster it was kind of fun <laughs> <laughs> what what kind of blood do they use was it like the stuff that actually tasted somewhat decent or was it just like the nasty fake blood um the uh the the fake blood that kind of went around my face was was the was the corn i guess the corn syrup based yeah. uh, stuff but the rest of it i don't know i didn't really taste it <laughs> i literally like i said i had i had liters like the guy would stand there with a sponge full of it and squeeze it and just push it on the back of my neck and just let it drip down my back for each t- each take and yeah so i'm not sure what that tasted like i don't really want to try well and they had like something that because you had like something still sticking out of you right yeah yeah a piece of the, the- uh 
the sex Bowflex. chair. Yeah, the Bowflex. The, <laughs> the coitus. Actually, some of them were calling it the coitus pony. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. The, with, with the coitus pony, did you? Uh, how many takes did that take to to bust out? Because I imagine, I mean, you know, uh, they didn't have too many of those built. So no, well, the yeah, the, the breakaway, the breakaway yeah. arm from the stunt uh, portion. They had I had a few cracks at it for different angles and um, just just different tries to make sure that we we got it. It's it's a you know we, you film a portion of it and then there's the stunt because there's like an actual stunt guy involved where he had to flip back with the whole chair and smash and land on his back. Um, so there's just trying to match that and get all that kind of tied in together nicely. But uh, no, it was really well done. The the the, the breakaway piece um, was was perfectly balanced. Like it was firm enough for me to actually have to put effort to break it, but not so much that I had to take like three shot three shots at it and look like an idiot. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, can you give us any kind of like clues as to what is going to happen? I mean, you are the cliffhanger of the mid season finale. Is is there anything you can tell us, or just you know throw out there? <laughs> well, um, I'm not sure if there's too much I can tell you, but if you if you look closely, you might find some preview trailers um, to to the episode coming up. Uh, you might be able to sneak a few peeks and see where my character's at. Mm-hmm. But I can't give you anything else other than that. And we got it. We got to leave it in true cliffhanger <laughs> so, fashion. You got to wait till January eighth, like everyone else, including me. Did so, Don Carlos? Is he a, is he a real person in in history? I, I think he is, right? He is. Yeah. Did you and, look up his story and kind of his history? Um, I I, I did, and um, he's a creepy son of a. <laughs> it's okay. It's past eleven. You can say it. <laughs> he is a creepy son of a bitch, and I'm really glad that they decided to CW up this character and uh-huh. make him um, less uh, less disgusting and more more about his own. Like he he had his own desires. It wasn't like putting it on other people are treating like this. I mean, the real Don Carlos treated women horribly and he was like disfigured and he was, and he had some major mental instabilities. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't want to go that way and I'm really glad that they wrote it uh, the way they did. You were just very charming. Ah. Just, you, you just, you just liked some, you just liked pain a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. It's just like Christian gray of yes. the 16th century. You were literally Christian. gray. Did you audition for Christian gray by, by chance? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I, did, <laughs> I, I, well, you kind of have the look. So I was just, I, I literally was asked, I asked Steven that when, when I found out you were coming on, I was like, Oh my gosh, I wonder if he did audition for Christian gray. But you know, look. I, I got, I got a, an audition request from my team, um, in LA. And I, and I looked and I was, I was in Canada at that point. So I wasn't down in LA for any auditions, but the script was very, very under wraps and it was, and it wasn't even an actual side from the movie. Um, it was just something very obscure just to try and get what they wanted to see out of the, out of the auditioners, like what kind of character they could pull from them. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, it was, it was interesting to say <laughs> the least. I still haven't seen the movie though. Uh, Don't worry, I haven't either. So <laughs> I, I was brought, I was dragged to it. I've never read the book, uh-huh, but I was dragged uh-huh. to it on right. my birthday. I no, right. I it yeah. I don't. <laughs> Here's what I have to say, and it's, it's not necessarily a question, but but it's something that uh, maybe you can kind of comment on. What what I like about your introduction, Don Carlos, is the 
obviously there's a historical element, but um, it works really nicely, you know, at post Francis's death to kind of introduce you because obviously Mary's not necessarily ready to um, to move on, and we as an audience, I don't think, are ready to move on from Francis either. And so by introducing you in the creepiest of ways, it kind of keeps uh, you know Mary still vulnerable to us, and I think it works really nicely. You know, and so I, I, I commend the writing for that. And again, it's not necessarily a question, but if you want to comment on that, feel free. Yeah, you know, that is something. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it a little bit. It's, it is interesting. Um, you know, there's in TV writing, you can't mess with the fans sometimes, and they have a huge uh, love for. I guess it's Frary. Is that how they call her? They call <laughs> yes. Frary. Yes, on Frary. the show. Yes. Um, and I didn't want to just be another one. And, and as you could see in, in the beginning of that episode, where we're walking through the woods and I'm talking about how she feels and how she's embarrassed because she's with me and she doesn't want to be seen as a, as somebody who's moved on too fast after Francis' death. Um, I don't think he, he wants that either. He, he, he likes her and he wanted to just do it respectfully. And he just, and he knows that it's also, a, it's love or whatever that would be back then at, so quickly. But it, it was also a bit of business, um, in the sense that he knew that her country needed the help and he really liked her. So it was kind of a marriage of, in, in both ways, business and, uh, and in, and in life and love. So, uh, the way that it turned so quickly, um, I think is good for the viewers. I think it gives them something to go, oh, well, here's a new character to, to glom onto, but we don't have to worry. It's not going to screw with our, 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 our memory of Frary. But see, this is the thing. I, I commend you, Mark, because I think, like, I, I was going to root for them. Like, I literally was, because even, even after he was like, yeah, I'm kind of into this creepy, like, sex stuff but i was like you know what mary just try it out like he seems like a nice enough guy that you guys had great chemistry but you were still and you were still very charming and you weren't you were never mean about like what you were into and you're like hey this is who i am this is what it it was just you never seemed creepy to me even with that creepy thing so and i I worry for you no but (laughs) i worry for your personal health no, but I, I I commend him because I feel like that's that's what he was trying to do with the characters. Like this is just something that is a part of who he is, but he doesn't make him a bad person. No, I I have a hundred percent agree with that. Um, for me, if I'm to comment on it, I was I was curious to see if they would show kind of you coming into court because it would have been a nice dichotomy from when when you saw Elizabeth and how your one liners. I mean, this is. Uh, this is – I know we're not in the medieval times. I still call it medieval. But these are like medieval pickup lines. And I was wondering what you would do with uh, with Mary, you know, when you first uh, saw her. And obviously we didn't get that, but we got this instead, which is great. Well, and, and, I, and I think – I mean you see him – you see when he talks about the hound and the hare game. And then he talks to her and he says to her stuff like, no, no, you wouldn't, I wouldn't be chasing, you wouldn't be, I wouldn't be chasing you, you'd be chasing me. And it's kind of like, and she's like, what? And he was like, well, you know, if you, if I catch you, you'll see, or if you catch me, you'll see what I mean. So I think that was his way of flirting. And, you know, for, for however weird it was, I think it fit for the, for the, for the time and it fits for the show. Um, and I don't think he really got a chance to, to court her or flirt with her as much because she, found his stuff and held it and was going to snoop around and he had to catch her. So it kind of all came to an end. The courting, it was more like, bam, okay, 
um, now I have to tell you my truth, and here it is. It's a it's a Bowflex. You know? <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> Hashtag Bowflex at Bowflex. Send yeah. me one. Uh, yeah, Bowflex. You better get this guy now. Like, he's literally. <laughs> do they still make them? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I yeah. Like so do. I think uh, I think that's what it was. It was it was a it was just trying to you know stay keep this character. Um, truthful. I mean, doesn't have to be a creepy bastard. He doesn't have to be uh, the suave guy only. He doesn't have to be so, you know, one-layered. So I, I like how they allowed me to play with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't want to keep you up too much later, but what other projects or things, obviously, we think you're still alive. I'm going to go watch the Canadian trailer because everybody on the <laughs> chat room is like, go watch the Canadian preview for next time or when it comes back because I feel like we're going to get more answers. But uh, what other projects do you have coming up? Anything exciting that you're allowed to talk about? Uh, yeah, I've got – well, I just uh, – my my first episode of Quantico just aired tonight on ABC. Oh, congratulations. Um, that show's doing awesome. Yeah, that's a great show. That's a great show. So I had a, I had a, had a quick turn on that on, on an episode there and I'm waiting to see what happens uh, with my character on that. Um, and then there is a, a new um, horror slash murder mystery slash slash – Slasher. Type, slasher. <laughs> it's a mini series that comes out. It's on Chiller um, in the States, and it comes out on Super Channel in, in Canada. And that's in March, so I play a, a character that I can't talk about because it's all very a whodunit kind of show. Uh-huh. Um, so that's kind of cool. And yeah, and I'm, I'm working on a short, a sci-fi short film up in Canada that I'm really excited about. And uh, yeah, lots of projects. And then I'll be down in LA in, in January. And, Awesome. Yeah. Well, if you're down in LA in January and you're still alive on Rain, do you want to come in studio if you have time? <laughs> I would love to. It would be great to be back in there. That would be awesome. Well, we're in a new location, so I don't know if you went to the new one, but, uh, uh, but obviously I, you're I welcome went to, to what, see. location pretty far out. Where is this new one? I don't know if it's far out, but it's uh, it's in North Hollywood now. We moved. Okay, yeah. It's, yeah, I, I haven't been to that one. I haven't been to that location. I don't want to divulge where you are. I yeah, yeah, don't no, I, tell them where we are. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. So. Right, right. So where can we follow you kind of on social media, online? Do you have a website? How can we support you and what you're doing? You know, I've got a – I'm at Mark and Eme on Twitter. Um, I've got a, 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 um, a Facebook fan page that's uh, that's run by, by – uh, a colleague of mine um, that I haven't really updated. I'm sure I should probably spend some time doing that, but mostly on Twitter at Mark and Ime. That's, that's where I spend most of my time. Awesome. Do you have Excellent. an Instagram? I do not. No. Did you take a picture of the bloody bathtub? Um, <laughs> I took, yeah, I took a picture of myself all bloody with my, with my, uh, and, and I have a, yeah, yeah. It's not really, postable though it's oh. kind of gross oh, okay well then never mind <laughs> sorry guys false advertisement here <laughs> anyways thank you so much mark for taking the time to talk with us and staying up so late we really appreciate it and we hope you stay alive on rain and we hope we can see you in studio in january yeah well tune in january 8th and let's let's hope uh, donnie c makes a comeback <laughs> absolutely awesome. thanks a lot for having me again i appreciate it thank you have a great night wonderful talking to you have a good night bye bye-bye well, that was He's good. awesome. That was very I wish cool. he was in studio. He's ah, we'll get him in studio. We'll get him in. I hope he's alive. <laughs> I th- here's the thing. I think um, I'm glad we got to talk about, uh, obviously, it was great to get the uh, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's mm-hmm. always great. Um, and obviously, we all look forward to that. But I like his, his take on the story as well. 
Um, and I do go back to what I said in this scenario, right? Um, it kind of, for all purposes, it kills the relationship between Mary and him. <laughs> because if he's not pissed off after this, I would be so surprised at him. Like, hey, Mary, you know what? That Although he could be, a, if he's that demented and sick, he'd be like, Mary. That was the greatest experience of my life. He said he liked pain. I don't know. I, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see what he likes. But I think this is also a way, if he does survive this, for them to work in the real who the real Don Carlos is and make it be because of his injury to the head. Like maybe I mean you I, everyone's seen these stories of people who had like traumatic brain injuries and head injuries back in the day and somehow miraculously survived, but their personalities were changed. And it was before people really knew much about you know brain and anatomy and how everything worked so that's how i could see him living it could throw like a whole scientific and medical wrench into the show as well as how is megan or how is megan follows no how is Catherine and mary gonna deal with this guy who people don't know if he's like fully sane or not i think it's two-sided right um two degree mary and Catherine are in apparel but at the same time they have an ability to blackmail him because his father's you know would disown him yeah for but they the were participating flex. in it. Yeah, but again, they're all very clever, and so it depends how they spin it. Well, somebody, but that's the thing. There's there's a witness there right away. Like like Don Carlos literally falls into like another person, like a guard, as he is like escaping the room. So, but I don't the know. guard is is a was French it, guard. I don't know if he was a French guard. Well, I, but again, there's that element of where where Mary and Catherine could, you know hold hostage the guard and say hey you tell anyone anything and then now they've got don carlos in their back pocket again there's multiple scenarios or don carlos just completely flips out doesn't care and he holds them very accountable in whatever way that is i don't know i don't know is there anything else from this episode we we lost the bash storyline yeah we we um you know we we talked about green lathe um so let's Let's talk about, um, and then we definitely have to talk Narcisse. Oh my yeah, you can, god! You can't miss that. But let's start with let's start with Delphine and Bash. Yeah, um, the two of them, lovely morning in bed together. Bash putting on his pants. I know. I mean, I love me some some shirtless Bash and shirtless Torrance Combs. Like, I I love it. Do we like them together? No, I don't like her. I don't like her one bit, and I miss Kenna. And I do that's miss me Ken- saying I miss Kenna. Um, there's nothing wrong with Kenna. I don't know. I just, again, I just want something more for Bash. Like, he used to, like, and he still is one of my favorite characters, but I feel like they, he's just like a side, like a like an afterthought to the writers, and that really bugs me because he is such a cool character. They can literally do anything with him that they want to because he's not a real historical character. And I know CW takes like as many liberties as they want to anyway with historical characters but he can literally go anywhere and be anything and do anything well, right and i now, want the, him to be more important right, right now he's basically like the through line for any of the storylines that need to intercross right i mean that's how we got lath and greer yeah. together so but obviously at the same time he has his own storyline um it's gonna be interesting you know you know with delphine and and this killer i don't know uh i, I guess not that I don't trust it, but but it seems unclear where the storyline is 100% going. Yeah, it doesn't quite seem supernatural. It doesn't, it just, I don't know. I've not liked Delphine really since the beginning, and I was going to forgive her if she really truly saved Francis, but Francis ended up dying anyway. We all know what's going to happen. Yeah. Not her fault. 
it was actually Mary's fault for wanting to go into the woods. Um, sorry. I know people are going to be like, no, it's not Mary's fault. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just, I want somebody more interesting for Bash. I want Bash. I like, I want to see Bash with somebody like, almost like Claude. Like, I know that that's his, no, I don't want to see him with Claude because that's technically his sister. But like, I need somebody that's a little sassier. That's not just like, I don't know. I just, that's how. When do you think they're going to get the killer? I hope so. I mean, this is the thing. It's like, you, how long are you going to show me, like, talk about this hooded creature that we barely see and, like, you know, make me scared about him? That's like, I, I need to feel, feel, feel more fear. I was more freaked out from Don Carlos than I was from this killer in this episode. So, although they did play, they, they did play it very well in, in terms of their execution of how. Again, because these things, any, anytime you predict something, it it goes back to the Matrix quote, right? Um, you know, oh, sorry, I dropped the cookies. Oh, don't you know? I already told you, don't be sorry. The weirder thing is, would you have dropped them if I didn't say anything? Yeah. You know what I mean? So something's going to happen either way. So in this scenario, right, they're supposed to hang out at the brothel to get the killer. And then, you know, oh, he's not here. So let's just dispatch. And then here comes Greer. And then you got the drunk guy. The weirdest drunk guy I've ever seen in my life. But I thought that played out well because then she screams. Obviously, here comes Bash. And then Delphine is taken. Yeah. But not not literally taken, but um She she is attacked and then she decides to leave because she doesn't want anybody else to get hurt. Which also makes me question Delphine. I'm like, you're creepy and I don't trust you still. No, I think I'm past the Delphine is really creepy. I don't know. I mean she's creepy, but she's it, it, it works in this way. She's on our side. So okay. that you know, I I'm willing to bypass any creepiness that she may have because she works for our team. Okay. She's she's on our team. Fine. I uh, cool. You're basically like little mini bash, so. <laughs> Fair enough. You're wearing Team Royal Bro shirt. That's right, I am. You know, I wore it last week. If you too. would have told me I didn't know you were wearing it, I would have worn my my Team Catherine shirt. You know what? I I was like uh last episode I said to myself, you know what? All I pretty much wear is black shirts anyway, and you know what? Um you a gracious have- fan made this shirt. Took the time to not only make it for me, but an entire panel of all of us. So once a week for this show, why not just wear the shirt? I'm going to bust my shirt. I, I wear my shirt all the time. I wear it when I work out, go on hikes. I, I'm waiting for somebody to come up to me and be like, I love rain. Because I love rain. <laughs> and then I'll be like, oh, did you see last week's episode? I just, yeah. Anyways. And then you meet the one that And you then I meet my with. one true love and it'll just, it'll be great. Um, <laughs> all right, we're running out or of time. Or I want to like meet somebody who's like, I was on that show, and I'm like, oh my god, you were so yeah. We can I... talk about Keaton's <laughs> dating life on another time. Uh, Should we do Castle Corner? No, no, oh, no, 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 yes. <laughs> Sorry, we got to talk about okay, this little Kristoff boy. Oh God, I know. I mean, he is just, you know what? I commend him. He just gets some. Like, get it, Catherine. But Catherine gets some, too. Like, but he, yeah, he's a lot more pushy, but Catherine likes that. Yes, I indeed. feel like Catherine and Don Carlos would be a, been a good pair. That's what I, yeah. she likes to... Yeah, she had no problem whipping him. <laughs> Mary, come on, say something. <laughs> um, but obviously, okay, so was this... Was this narcissist plan all along to bypass her? Because here's the thing. 
Um, every time Narcisse going that route of like um, being good. Well, yes, being good, but more so being a decent husband. It goes the route of oh, I I, I despise you, Narcisse, and how are, there's no way that you can be with Lola. And then he goes and does something like this and kind of redeems himself. Yeah. Um, in the sense of Lola, not yeah, in Catherine. Lola, yes, yes, yes. In the sense of Lola, yes. But he still cheated on Lola. Not okay. Second of all, you know, Darcy, I'm just curious. I can't wait to figure out, yes, how long Narcisse has been planning this. Because he would be the most amazing chess player in the world because he literally thinks like 10 moves ahead. To the point where we can't, we're, we can't even catch up to him. And Catherine, can't, Catherine, who's like the queen and like literally the best chess player of all, can't even, like just got duped by him. She's in, che- she's in check right now. I doubt she's in checkmate because you can never checkmate that woman. But she's in well, you check- can't checkmate a queen, only a king. Exactly. So, but remember that. Props to Narcisse. I hope he does more good with this than bad. But as we know, Narcisse, and because I just. I don't want bad stuff to happen to Lola, but I have a feeling when Mary has to decide to leave court, Lola and Greer will go with her for some reason, and I don't think Narcisse is going to go with her, and I don't think... Here's the... With Narcisse, you know, he had that whole speech of, well, I reluctantly will take this post up until I need to, and... I hope I can be a decent leader to the people of France. Really? Uh, that couldn't be more of a fake speech. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Narcisse is doing like what he can do like to keep himself like ahead of Catherine. So I give him props for doing that. As long as he doesn't hurt Lola and as long as he doesn't hurt Mary... Cool, great. And as long because this is the thing about Narcisse though, he's always been like Francis' number one fan. Not Francis's Francis's number one fan, but like anytime he was battling with France Francis is because he was trying to literally fight for his country, fight for what he truly believed was the best thing for France. A lot of that also he thought was what was also best for him and his money stuff, but it was a lot of what's best for France. So He's he's a little bit of a radical though, like he's a little crazy. No, oh, he'll just do anything to get it done. Yeah, but so I don't know. Um, I'm I'm excited to see him in this um, place of power. Uh, I'm excited to see what he's going to do with it, and I'm excited to see him and Catherine go at it with him in this place. But this is the thing because he's in this this place of power. I think he's going to be able to protect. I think Mary is going to be more protected than she would be almost with with a Catherine there because I feel like Narcisse. Lola can somehow charm Narcisse to do things for Mary, where Catherine, if she got a bad taste in her mouth with Mary, would would flip on her like that. Where I don't think Narcisse is going to flip on Lola. I don't think he's going to flip on Lola, but at the same time, there's that distance growing where Narcisse goes off to work, then he comes home, hey, how, honey, how you doing? Uh, kind of like the Kenna hey, Narcisse, um, how's bash work? situation. Yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, work is work. And that's the end of that. Yeah. Right. So I don't think he, you know, just like when he cheated on her, you know, yeah, I had a really hard day at work today. Like, true, you were hard at work. But, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, so, so there's a lot of, um, mistruths or half truths. I don't know. Anyway, um, that's pretty much it. That is it. Alrighty, so Castle Corner today, brought to you by Keaton Markey, 
Um, Phil, do you want to tell them what you're what, what well, you yeah, make me I'll, do every I'll, week? I'll, I'll Just give an intro to Castle Corner. So Castle Corner, you guys know it. You guys love it. We kind of do a profile of a castle every single week. And today, we figured we'd go to Spain. Now, as I looked into this, Spain, Spain. by far, has the best castles in the entire European continent. And this is why. Because Spain had a ton of money for a very long time. They were, like, freaking ruling it. Nobody was going to touch Spain. Nobody wanted to fight Spain because they had the best Navy. Nobody wanted to mess with them at all. Well, so now we're going to... So, so I was go, I was going down the, the top ten list, and I started with number ten. I was like, holy moly. <laughs> and then I got to number one. So today we're doing the number one voted castle of Spain, which is... Okay, well, this is this is a fun cold read for me, everybody, just like every week. Uh, this is Castle Alhambra. Alhambra is a palace and fortress complex located in Granada, Andalusia, Spain. It was originally constructed as a small fortress in eighty in eight eighty nine, and then largely ignored until its ruins were re- renovated and rebuilt in the mid thirteenth century by the Moorish something emirate of Granada, who built its current palace and walls. It was converted into a royal palace in 1333 by Yusuf I, Sultan of Granada. Who knew they had sultans in Spain? That's That's what I'm saying. Um, Alhambra's Islamic palaces, as we know them today, were built for the last Muslim emirs in Spain. I don't think that's the right way to pronounce that. And the court of Nasrid, of the Nasrid dynasty after the conquest of Granada by Reyes well, by the Catholic monarchs in 1492, some portions were used by Christian rulers. The palace of Charles V, built by Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor, in 1527, was inserted into the Alhambra with the Nazarid fortifications. After being allowed to fall into despair for centuries, the buildings being occupied by squatters, Alhambra was rediscovered in the 19th century by European scholars and travelers with restorations commencing. It is now one of Spain's major tourist attractions, exhibiting the country's most significant and well-known Islamic architecture. Together with 16th century and later Christian building and garden interversions, Alhambra is is a uh, UNESCO World Heritage Site and the inspiration for many songs and stories. Look at this thing. Can we go through the pictures again? Because I was reading and I missed them. Look at this thing. This thing is... Oh my gosh! (gasps) This thing has room upon room of just beauty. Like, look at that. And it has like... It almost has like town squares in the middle of it. Like, it's not just a courtyard. It is like a town square. Look at that. How do you... How do you... How does this get lost? That's what I want to know. How does this get lost and all of a sudden squatters are living in it? This place is huge. You know, there's a big homeless population in, the, in castles, <laughs> apparently. Oh, Look at that. That's stunning. So there's the, like the town square. There's like... Um, the bathroom. Yeah, probably. That was like the bathhouse. For the oh. maids. Well, is that it now? Like it has like couches and stuff? Who uh, lives yeah. there? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and there's the gardens. It's um, gigantic. There's like a maze portion to the gardens, too. Oh. <sighs> So, yeah. I love it. I'm I'm such a big castle fan. I'm going to get married in a castle. That could be on my list. What if you can get married there? Uh, you know what? I'm sure. I like kind if of the, squatters can live there. You I can, get, can married. get married there. No, I wonder. I love the kind of like the the 
clash and the mix of the different cultures and religions. I think that's so fascinating over the centuries how those different things were kind of built into it. Yeah. Um, good castle, Phil. And it's in honor the, of Don Carlos, in honor of Mark, it's a Spanish uh, castle. So Don Carlos has something to be proud of. He does. He does. Um, I'm sure the real Don Carlos somewhat knew of that because that's oh uh, well. Let's see. Yeah, in in like the 1500s, it was yeah, it was it was there. It was on you know it was it was on the list, the punch list of things to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Um, all righty, so let's end with predictions. The last predictions of 2015 for rain. And now. We didn't get much in the little preview that I saw. Christine Baker goes, good choice, Keaton. It's actually Phil chose the castle. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. Good uh, reading. Good reading. Um, I think I haven't seen the Canadian previews, but I feel like from what I've seen on the chat, from talking with Mark, and just from knowing Rain, I feel like uh, Don Carlos is alive. I feel like they're going to use this head injury as him going a little crazy, and I feel like obviously it's going to be a huge that's going to be now the focus instead of getting mary wed it's now going to be focused on getting this crazy like first of all well also gideon it's going to it's going to it'd be interesting how gideon plays into this because he's kind of by order of elizabeth courting mary yeah which oh, we didn't even talk about him but yeah which, well, that's why I wanted to bring it in now. So, but this is and I, the the thing with Gideon, like I have no idea. Like I don't know why they. I just I just don't see him and Mary ever. They have no chemistry. They have no chemistry. I'm like I don't see it happening. Well, again, well because he's literally trying to force himself upon her. I know the whole. Uh, uh, you know, nothing will be the same. Don't worry, everything will be recorded. By the way, you're sexy and beautiful. Do not write that. Ugh. God, gag me. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I think he's going to have a lot harder time. I think... Um, but he swept her off her feet, literally. And she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't touch me. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, uh, Don Carlos is alive. I think Narcisse is actually going to do good at his job. And I think Gideon is going to struggle. And I think Bash is going to find a new lover. And I think Greer... Late is gonna gonna want to help Greer now, especially because she's pregnant. He's gonna feel oh, no. obligated is he gonna get to married wanna... or something. No, he's gonna yeah. I Late's gonna, gonna punch his lights out if yeah. that happens. No, he's gonna real. He wants. He's gonna feel like he needs to save her and help her even more now that when she finds out she's pregnant. That's what I'm saying. So, They're gonna get married or something. I can't. And wait. then Late's gonna They're punch gonna him have out. Such a beautiful wedding. <laughs> what do you think, Phil? What are your predictions? I know. I just I'm on board with you. You're on board. Yeah, I kind of gave my predictions throughout, and. You did. Uh, you know, we'll and see. It's 11.02. There's a lot of fun stuff to look forward to. Um, thank you to Mark for calling in. Yes, thank we you, Mark. We appreciate it. Show him some love. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Uh, tweet him. Let him know, you know, how much you enjoyed having him on. So uh, he comes back. That's right. And that, you know, I think. Uh, Don't you want to see him in the Bowflex here in the flesh? Like, really? We will bring the Bowflex. The Bowflex. Bo- <laughs> what did you just say? What did I just say? You said blowflex. I was like, whoa, whoa. Well, originally I thought, okay, you know, yeah, we'll talk about that later. We should. I didn't know. Don't tell people we're talking about that later. We are going to ignore that that was ever said. (laughs) The things that went through my mind of what this thing did. Let's just keep it at that. Oh, God, Phil, where can they find you? Uh, You know what? Here at AfterBuzz TV in 2016 for another Rain After Show. And you guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Keaton Markey. 
We'll see you in 2016 for another yeah. episode. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 